And well, I'd, I'd like to talk on just a little room. How many of you have seen a room with a view? I've never seen it. I believe it's a movie. I've never actually seen it. You've seen it, Mary? Yes. Was it black and white, Daddy? Was it silent? I know, just when you said you're sitting, I thought, oh, it's silent. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I haven't seen it, but a room with a view. And that is exactly what this story is about. It contains a sequel of events which I believe we can draw some spiritual spiritual lessons from. I believe the story centers just on this little room. It's not a huge room. In fact, how many of you built extensions on top of your garage or things like that? You see, they're not huge rooms, but you can build extensions on, on, on things. Um, if you want one building, it is available. Would uh, you do that? All, all I'm saying is, listen, Sometimes a necessity, in necessity, you find you have, have more children or, you, or you've got some events happening and you think, you know, I think our next door neighbour, I think they are considering putting um, a room in an attic. And that's what this story's about. It's a lovely, lovely story about a, a, a man, uh, but it's about a lady, really. She lives in a place called Shusham, which is near Mount Carmel, and uh, near close to Jezreel. And she's married. And we don't know who she's married to, but he's a very old man according to the scriptures. Uh, and she's actually called a notable woman. In other words, she's a woman that obviously has some significance and, uh, and some means, some propriety. And so she's not a poor woman. And uh, she and her husband are, are living together. And this man called Elisha keeps coming through their town. And one day she says to her husband, how about giving him a meal? And you know, the Bible talks about entertaining angels and about hospitality. And, uh, and so the story goes that this lady starts to think, every time you come by, come and have dinner with us. And then it got to a point where this lady was spiritually moved. And she had a desire, not just to give this man a meal, but actually, why don't we let this man stay? Because in those days, didn't have inns like we have today. They didn't have holiday inn or whatever, travel lodge or things like that. They did have inns, but not to the extent uh, where they were so popular. And so this lady decides, I want to give him more than a meal. I want to give him a room. This is what she says. I'm certain, said the woman to her husband, that this man who stops by with us all the time is a holy man of God. Why don't we add on a small room upstairs and furnish it with a bed and desk, put a chair and a lamp, and that when he comes by, he can stay with us. And the woman said to Elisha, you must stay. Verse 8, she persuaded Elisha to stay. And the first thing I noticed about this room, there was a desire to have a holy man of God mm. in that room. And I've asked you to say that that room is now your life. Remember, we're going to look at this room as if it's our life. And I, my question to you is, have you got that desire to have that Holy Spirit in your living room? In your room? Listen to what she says again. I am certain that this is a holy man of God. Therefore, I am going to persuade him to stay. 
I want to create a place for him to stay. And I wonder, have we created a place for the Spirit of God who stays in our lives? She, she wasn't settled. She wasn't happy just to have this guy for a meal. She knew something inside says, listen, I want to create a space for him. And I'm asking us this morning, we have the Holy Spirit inside us. Have we created a space for the Holy Spirit to move? Is there, first of all, number one, a desire in your room for the working out of the Holy Spirit? Because I don't know what's in your room. She had a chair, a lamp, a desk. I wonder what's in our room. I wonder if it's possessions. I wonder if it's our pleasure. I wonder what on earth would you put in your room, in your heart. Because I want to give you a verse from the scripture. It's in Ephesians. And it says that Christ might dwell. That Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith. And that you, being rooted in God, might be able to understand and know the full goodness of his love. That word rooted and stay means a dwelling place. That Christ might dwell in your heart. You see, Christ wants you to have that desire that this wonderful lady had. The first thing I know about this room is she had a desire for this man of God to stay. But not just that. She wanted to create a space and a place and that... I'm not just happy with you having a meal. I want to create something for you. And I wonder, with all the pressures that we have in life, I wonder what room have we created for God each day in our living rooms, in our hearts. You know, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said this to every single church in the book of Revelations. He starts off saying these words to the seven churches. I know your deeds. I know. I know. This woman had such a desire that she could turn around and say, I know that my desire is that every time that this prophet of man of God comes by, he's going to stay and I'm giving him a room in my house. This is what Jesus goes on to say about our lives as a room. He says to church of Lord, he said, I know you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you at least wanted to. But you're not. And I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich. I'm acquired wealth. And I don't need anything. But you do. <laughs> but you do not realise that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. Come to me. Create, this is what it says, create a room for me in your heart. Make space for me. And I wonder whether that is criminals. I wonder whether we're so tied up with life that Jesus says, listen, there's not really much room for me in my heart. Yes, you're saved. You're born again. You're in my family. But listen, listen, you think you've made it. But actually, in fact, you need me. Why not create a room for me in your heart? This lady had a spiritual desire to be in the presence of God when she entertained that young man. And I believe that 
God is not asking that we don't have well, he's not saying that we shouldn't be well off. He's not saying that. He's saying, but there must be a priority in our lives. Where God must be in the centre of your room. He must be. He must have that spiritual desire. There's an old hymn, Mary, and seriously will know this old hymn. I used to sing it there when I had short... You know, some of us didn't wear long trousers in those days. I remember them wearing short of pain. Well, let's just relate to England. Anyway, but there was a song that says this. Have you any room for Jesus? You know too, Margaret? Have you any room at all? Have you? Have you any room for Jesus? What part of your room does he have? Is he in the corner? Is he where we can't see him? Or is it like this lovely woman who says, listen, I know this man's a lovely man of God. I want to make space for him in my life. I hope so. Exactly that God wants to do so much for us. But I believe he rightly says that he needs to have the most important place in our lives. I really do. The second thing I know about this room. It was a room for miracles. This man was so touched by what this lady had done for him. He says, well, surely there must be something I can do for you. And Elisha's servant says, well, she doesn't have a baby. They're very old. They're past the brilliant. But Elisha says, okay. Thank you for putting up this special room for me. I'm going to pray that God will give you a baby. You see, the Bible says this in Proverbs 11, 24. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. She made room for this person. What does the Bible say? Seek ye first the... And all these things will be done. You see, she put this man first. She created out of her own expensive room. Spaciously made it out for him. Everywhere he time went through that town, he knew he was in for a great night because he was going to be fed and he had somewhere to refresh himself. She made space for him. And because of what she did, she never knew. But she was about to have a baby. How many people know about Hannah? How many people know about Hannah? How many others, Sarah? What about Elizabeth? Hmm? All of these people were, were people who were putting God in their lives. And God intervened in them and gave them a miracle. And we've sung it today. We sang it up on that song today about God is the God of miracles for us. Now even we put God first, God is able to do abundantly more than them. I believe if we make room in our hearts for Jesus, then I believe there'll be room for miracles. I really do. I believe we can see things happen and change in our lives. You see, she didn't ask for it. But because she had graciously put this man first, God gave her. Elisha announced to her that the next year she would hold a son in her arms. She must have been stunned because she and her husband were very old. 
She says, oh my master, oh holy man, she said, don't play games with me. Don't tease me with such fantasies. The next year, though, the woman conceived. A year later, just as Elisha had said. See, you may think that a miracle can't happen. I want to tell you this morning, miracles can happen in your life because of the person who's in your room. so excited as children of God this morning. We have someone in our room. We have an anchor. We have someone who's steadfast and sure. This is not a game. The moment Sarah Houston asked Jesus into her life, the Spirit of God came into that room of your heart and all God says is, listen, how much are you going to allow me to dwell in your heart? Because now you have a choice. The Spirit is there. It's whether or not we're going to open up our door and allow the Spirit of God to work in the room of our hearts. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. That you be rooted and grounded in love. You may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the breadth, the height, the depth of God's amazing love. And then it goes on to say that you may be able to comprehend that God is able to do more than you can ever dream or think. Why? How can I dream and think? Because God's love is in my heart. That last verse isn't before the other verses. We have to know this amazing love of God. We have to make room for God. When we make room for God, we find out about Him. His amazing love becomes stronger and greater. And we dare think. We dare believe. We believe. I told the children at school this week, I asked them for about faith and I said to them, what is faith? Because I said, faith to me is one, something is real. I haven't got fairies in my garden. I have no faith in fairies. I don't think there's any fairies in my garden. To me, they're not real. So I believe faith, first of all, has got to be something that is real. Then I've got to believe it's trustworthy. I've got to believe whatever I'm believing in is trustworthy. And the third day, I've got to believe it, and I can have a relationship with that. And that's what faith is to me. And I told the children, just like the Queen, because I was talking about the Queen, obviously. I said, the Queen and I have one thing in common. We both love the same God. Both the Queen and I have a, a faith, because we believe God is real. I believe God is trustworthy. And I believe I can have a relationship with him. And therefore, I put my faith in that. That's what my faith is this morning. And that me being rooted and grounded in love might be able to comprehend this amazing love of God. Just as God had provided for so many other women. And I want to ask you at the end of the service, those chairs are there. If you need a miracle this morning, God, I believe, is able to give you a miracle this morning. I really do believe it. Because I know the person in my room. Do you know Jesus in your room this morning? Third, I want you to think about this room that was not just a room where there was a desire for God's presence as she gave open her house. Second of all, there was a room for that miracle. But third, there was a room filled with determined faith. Because later on, 
That little boy dies. She's just had a baby. One day's out in the field and he feels sick. And they take him back and she puts him in the room where Elisha had been staying. She didn't put him in his own room. Bible says she took him up to Elisha's room. She laid him on Elisha's bed. And he dies. But she doesn't wait. She doesn't moan. She's not a big end of you. She says, listen, this child is not dead. I don't believe it. She said, I believe that this baby was supernaturally given can supernaturally be restored. And that lovely. I believe that this baby which is supernaturally given in this room can supernaturally be restored. Because that's where my faith is. Husband, get some donkeys, get some servants. We're going to find Elisha. At first, the number most thought was to go straight to the man of God. And I want to ask you this morning, is your room determined, filled with faith? Is God the one we go to? Is he real to us? Is he trustworthy to us? Have we built such a relationship that when life crumbles, like this woman, she doesn't sit and moan and whinge or call for the doctor, get me a donkey. We're off to see the man of God. Because supernaturally my baby was born. Supernaturally my baby can be restored. And off she goes. And her husband says to him, whoa, 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 wait, wait. She says, no waiting, we're going. We're going to the man I believe can restore. And I don't know about you, but look, I went through an awful year this year. My dreams sometimes were shattered. My hope sometimes was gone. At some point, 30 near goes, I was talking to that person regularly. And you know, sometimes life doesn't work out the way it does. Where do you go to when your dreams is gone? What do you hang on to when life is crushed you? When you think everyone's against you, when you when you think noises are hearing, they're not hearing, but you think they're hearing. I've got this faith like this woman who says, listen, I believe I was supernaturally born by God the day I asked him into my life. And I believe the same supernatural God can deliver me now from the circumstances in which I face. Hmm? You're supernaturally born by God, therefore surely He can supernaturally restore us. It's where has our faith lie this morning. For this lady, what did Charles Wesley write? He who would valiant be against all disasters, let him in constancy follow the Master. There's no discouragement shall make him once relent his first avowed intent to be a pilgrim or a follower of Jesus. John's Wesley says, listen, disaster's going to come. Well, let us be consistent. Let us keep following the master. She could have looked at that room as a room of failure. Dear me, this is a room where my baby was born. But he hasn't lived very long. But she said, give me a servant and a donkey so I can go to the holy man. I'll be back as soon as I can. Her husband said, but why today? This isn't a holy day. It's neither a new moon nor a Sabbath. She said, don't ask questions. We're not saying that. Don't ask questions. I need to go right now. Trust me. See, this woman wasn't bothered whether it was a holy year. She knew she could come to the man of God every day. And that's our whole encouragement to you this morning. We don't need a special day or a time. We have 24-7 relationship with a supernatural God. Amen. 
Amen. But it's a God of faith is. Hmm? I don't wait for the new moon to come next month. Get that donkey and don't ask any questions. We're off. What a wonderful woman this is. What a wonderful, wonderful woman. She has a desire, first of all, to give a place in her room for this man of God. She sees a miracle happen in her room. But when that miracle is taken away, she's not grumbling, complaining. She knows someone who can help her. And so she goes. But there's a room filled with failure. Because Elisha says to his servant, go to that room and pray over that boy. And he goes. And he throws his stick down. Is <coughs> he chandeliers for his own? Dancing up and down, he goes around the room seven times. Does all this stuff. Puts his robes on. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because the problem is this. Elisha wasn't listening to what God had to say. That wasn't God's plan. God didn't want to send an ex-servant. God wanted to send Elisha. Elisha, you were the man that prayed for that baby in that room. I want you to go, Elisha. And I want to tell you quite often whose voice can we be listening to in the room of our lives. I know I've listened to quite a lot of voices in the last year. A lot of voices. I want you to notice that very plainly. And you know why? Because God has a plan for your life. Amen. And I want to tell you something right now. God's destiny cannot be destroyed. It can be delayed by the amount of time we listen to the wrong voices. Or we're in the wrong place. We need to clearly understand this woman sent for the Elisha. But who came? The servant. See, God just thinks his way. Whether we like it or not, he just thinks his way. And so that room became a room of failure. But thank God it just led up that room. Because finally Elisha comes. And it becomes a room of victory. Elisha enters the room and he just lays upon the boy. And verse 34 it says he stretched himself out. He walked back and forward and carried on with the battle of intercessory prayer. Victory came. Victory came with intercessory prayer. Victory came when God's way of doing God's things stayed. And he brought that little boy down, fully healed, to get on with the rest of his life. I don't know how that lady must have seen as she saw her boy walk up down the stairs. But you know what I believe? I believe she said, oh, been, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> Not that your wife did that, but I believe that's what I I told you so. Why? Because he supernaturally was born that room. He was supernaturally stored in that room. But it had to be by the mother of God. It had to be God's way. And seven times Elisha goes and prays and prays. He doesn't need to put the robes on. He doesn't need to swing the bells. He doesn't need to throw the smack. When we do things God's way, God just turns it. 
I want to ask you this morning, I hope I've given you just some little snippets of a room. I want to encourage you this morning. First of all, make room for Jesus. Is your room filled with Jesus? Because if it is, he can't do miracles. And yes, there'll still be disappointments. Still be disappointments. You'll still wake up one morning and the doctor will give you the worst news possible. There's still bad news on the doorstep you've lost your job. And you might be battling for years with something. As this woman had to go and find this man who'd lost his son. And we may try and do things and work things out in a long time and we find we're getting nowhere because it's a room of failure because we're not seeking and saturating ourselves in God's guidance and direction. But the moment we do, we'll find a place of victory. Because all you have is Jesus. Seriously. Yeah. It is Jesus who was promised to take you to the other end. Jesus is in your boat this morning. And he completely satisfies your need this morning. I want to just close our eyes and we're going to listen to a song. And the song is called Waymaker. And it's a song where God is a miracle worker. I want you to think about it as your room this morning. Would you play it for me, Mother, please? circumstance of life. My baby was born, now it's dead. In every circumstance of life, my faith is in my miracle maker, way maker, promise keeper. Even when the room looks like being filled with failure. I feel like John Boy. <laughs> <laughs> but finally the room was a place of one day you're going home. That's your victory. May God help you this week to create the spiritual desire for a Ask God for a miracle. But determined faith, believe in God that will take you through the bad times and the failure times. Because at the end of the day, you have victory. You want to shoot at that. Because simply, very soon. You're going to see the king. I wonder, would, would you indulge me? I know it's going past 12. I wouldn't indulge me by singing that fantastic song. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
10,000 reasons and more to sing. Why? I've got Jesus in the room. God bless you.